Welcome to the Dividend Cafe weekly market commentary focused on dividends in your portfolio and dividends in your understanding of economic life. Hello and welcome to today's COVID and Markets Missive brought to you by the Dividend Cafe of the Bonson Group. This is David Bonson. It's good to be back with you. I feel like it's been a few days because yesterday we had our bi-weekly national video call. So we use that as the podcast, about 45 minutes of COVID and markets discussion um, on Monday. And then on Friday is our weekly dividend cafe. And over the weekend, we don't do a COVID and markets podcast. And so uh, really, I haven't been able to record one of these since Thursday. And an awful lot has happened since then. And really, quite frankly, an awful lot's happened in the last 10 minutes as I um, am, am sitting here to record First of all, just quickly, the market was up uh, 557 points today, and yet the thing I'm about to talk about is not at all related to that. It did not come out um, until after the market closed, and that is the early uh, uh, announcement, uh, Stat News, one of the big kind of medical news providers that um, one of the leading companies in driving uh, the vaccine development. Moderna, we've talked about it a lot at COVID and markets, um, has said that its coronavirus vaccine trial produced robust immune response in all patients. Um, Now, this was an early stage human trial. Uh, The newly released data has just come out after market, and it is in only 45 patients. There's still placebo tests to do. There's still stage three clinicals, but um, it's incredibly promising data uh, to see neutralizing antibodies, uh, the antibodies in all 45 um, patients in this early stage human trial. So I'm saying this to you less than 15 minutes after the stories come out. There's most certainly more nuance that I'd prefer to be able to get, and I imagine I'll report on more tomorrow, um, but I did want to lead with that, and then let's kind of go through some other updates, and uh, and we'll take it from there. Futures, in terms of the market action, were up about 100 points last night. They've kind of vacillated uh, throughout the early, early morning hours between flat and up 100 Um, Bank earnings began coming uh, for a couple of major U.S. banks that reported earnings results early morning, and futures sort of had a mixed response. Some were up, some were down, Uh, but we opened up a bit, and then we just grinded higher throughout the day. There wasn't really a lot of downside volatility. We just kind of worked our way up and then up more, and then in the final hour, um, really pushed it up another couple hundred points. More interestingly is that the NASDAQ was getting pummeled yet again. It was down 4.3% yesterday from its high point till the close on the day. You recall that all markets reversed in the middle of the day when uh, Governor Newsom of California announced his sort of modified uh, shutdown and and the NASDAQ would drop significantly. And then today the, the Dow was up and the NASDAQ was down a couple hundred points and then it closed up 100, so it had a bit of a, a reversal as well. Um, what you will see at covidmarkets.com today on the health side is a couple things. First of all, testing nationwide week over week is up 39%, which is now growth in new cases is up 
So we've been experiencing growth in new cases. We've talked about it ad nauseum for about six weeks now. And for um, the bulk of the states, that growth in testing has outpaced the growth in new cases. But for those troublesome states, particularly Florida, Arizona, and Texas, the growth of positives um, has outpaced the growth of new testing, leading to that higher positivity ratio. But the positivity ratio nationwide is down one full percentage point from roughly nine to roughly eight week over week as that uh, huge surge of testing continues. The positivity rate is still higher in Texas, Florida, Arizona, and yet we're dealing with a real problem in Florida as now even mainstream press is really all over the story that um, significant labs, Orlando, Florida, uh, confessing up today that um, they have not reported their negative test results. And therefore, the 98% positive rate that was being detected out of a certain sector of labs in the Orlando market was, in fact, only 9%. And, and there's, I believe, about 100 labs so far that are reporting these 80 to 100% positive rates. I really don't want to read too much into it. I don't want this to come back that it turns out to be a nothing burger but I don't think that's going to be the case. The major point I want to make so that people can understand what I'm not saying here is the point I made yesterday. There's no allegations. There's no concern. I'm not being any conspiratorial or anything like that. The, the big case growth is real. They have a lot of new positive cases. But if, in fact, the denominator is lacking a lot of negatives, it does recontextualize what that positivity ratio would be. So we don't have a choice but to follow the story. Um, I'm doing it just about once a week, uh, which is once a week more than the media is doing it. But the Sweden um, numbers warrant continued coverage for a number of reasons as we continue to look to what the policy response to COVID-19 is in the states. Um, but we're at a three-month low in new cases and just a continually and rapidly collapsing both death rate and case rate in Sweden. Um, if their death count really does fizzle here in about the in between five and 6,000 range across the whole country, they reported 11 deaths yesterday. I think only one of them was from yesterday. But I mean, you know, you're talking about a just minimal number of deaths that are being reported. I think it would be really hard, I would imagine, I guess nothing surprises me anymore, for anyone to conclude something other than a herd immunity um, dynamic taking place there, which would, I think, bode very well for um, uh, uh, other parts of our um, country here in the States as well, okay? So in terms of um, other things I would focus on in Arizona, uh, case growth um, was down 60% yesterday versus the prior week, but again, because of last week's anomalies, with the 4th of July weekend reporting and the lags. Let's just wait till the end of the week to do a better understanding of Arizona's progress. Their case growth today did tick up a little, but there's a lot of backward reporting in that. And so, um, again, I do. it does appear that Arizona's in a much better position. And the chart I put in covidandmarkets.com, reflecting the state of their impatience with COVID-like illnesses, which has been declining. 
and then there are inpatients that are coded as COVID positive but don't have a COVID-like illness. That is about double the level in Arizona hospitals right now of um, inpatients that uh, actually have COVID-like illnesses. So it's roughly two-thirds of the total COVID-positive hospitalizations that right now do not reflect COVID-like illness. And so you have to see how this stuff gets retracked and re-reported over time. It obviously has a prima facie kind of positive connotation, but I don't want to overread into it. I just think we need to, to um, continue watching that. Uh, in terms of in California, the, you know, the, we know that the went to the higher shutdown level yesterday. <laughs> I, I don't know why they're posting it as they're shutting things down, but like in Orange County, they have a three-day average of a negative hospitalization of new patients. Um, and yesterday it was negative 0.5%, which is still negative. Um, when you factor in discharges, they think you could handle up to a 10% positive, you know, increase, but we're actually going negative. And then now it went from 0.5 negative to 1.1 negative. Um, we're at 43% of ICU beds available, 66% of ventilators available in Orange County. So uh, I know the numbers are not as rosy in every county in the state, but I think it's worth sharing. In uh, Texas, continuing to monitor Houston and Austin, story is pretty much the same. It's not getting worse, and it's not getting significantly better, but on the margin, um, 80 more hospital beds available versus two days ago in Austin, looking at rolling averages. And so um, important to keep monitoring all that. Okay, um, some interesting stuff on oil and energy and on the Fed in COVID markets. And I think most of you listen to the podcast for the health data side, but for those who, who like all the other stuff, which is really actually my, my uh, bread and butter, um, let me just quickly say that on the oil, OPEC Plus meets tomorrow, which is this sort of cartel of the traditional OPEC um, Middle Eastern uh, con- producing countries and then Russia. Mexico, a few others, and they're really just debating what they want to do with the prior agreed-upon production cuts that are now expired, and the expectation is that they will extend some degree of forced production cuts, but not at the same level that they have been. I provide a chart of where the U.S. rig count is, which is just completely collapsed here in the last couple quarters, and how that could lead to a really very significantly elevated price in oil if demand picks up anywhere near where we want it to or above where we want it to as the ability to get supply back online will inevitably lag. And so there's a couple data points there I'd encourage you to look at. On um, the Fed side of things, uh, one of the big stories that I think is getting more and more play is the Fed's uh, capacity to influence the municipal bond market. Um, There's more op-eds I'm seeing. There's more uh, Congress uh, folks, both Senate and particularly House, that are pushing it. And I make a point in, in COVID markets today that whenever you see something like this, it means someone is getting lobbied. Okay, someone is getting lobbied to go push for this. And there seems to be a concerted effort to generate more awareness and more um, motivation for the Fed to intervene more aggressively in the municipal market. But see, they're limited by statute. They're only right now able to participate 
in maturities up to six months. And yet, um, the blah, 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 uh, that's 1.2 billion that they've spent out of a $500 billion facility. And so I think that you can expect Congress to act in their fourth stimulus package to empower the Fed to take a longer term, a longer maturity allowance into what they may do to compress the spread to treasuries in terms of the cost of municipal borrowing as a means of supporting these cities and states that clearly need to access debt markets as their financials are increasingly impaired. Um, uh, we've already heard about this story, uh, political, and it's a big political story. And we've already heard about the story with a uh, divide between Trump, President Trump and Governor Cuomo or between Pelosi and McConnell. Um, I'm trying to bring it up not as a political story here, but as um, a, uh, as a um, Fed monetary story, because I think that's where the solution is going to come from. Okay, so um, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to continue watching this vaccine story. Uh, all the charts, all the updates at covidandmarkets.com. Thank you, as always, for listening. Share as you wish. And please reach out with any questions. We'll be back at you tomorrow. The Bonson Group is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free risk. There is no guarantee that the investment process or investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. The Bonser Group and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the Bonson Group and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor for any related questions.